and welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. It has been a while, guys. It is hitting a new previews podcast for you. Uh, obviously, the comic industry has been in a little bit of a hiatus lately with everything going on in the world, but it's really good to start to see a little bit of normality creeping in. Previews books have come out again, and the stores open again. We've been nice and busy. Hopefully that'll continue, and I'm delighted once again to be joined by my brothers in arms on the podcast. So I'm delighted to be joined by Keith. Howdy, how are you? How's everybody? We are wonderful, and we're also joined by the rather handsome looking. Hello, it's Roddy here. How do you know I was talking about you? <laughs> There's no one else in the room. I don't think. How <laughs> are you guys yeah, keeping the all good? Yeah, all good. Yeah. Um very excited to be back it has been a minute um but yeah it's good good to talk to you again on a monday night and uh talk some comics yeah we are properly getting back into routine here we're gonna try and set ourselves up again to be back for the monday content you know it's you know i think the lockdown has taken a lot of stuff from a lot of people and you know far worse things than this but i you know i have missed doing these with you guys it was always a a staple of the week something to look forward to it was always you know nice to have that routine and hang out and get Vicky to cook for us and you know all that stuff so uh it it is really good to be back on board with uh with seeing you guys on this again so uh hopefully this is the first step in a little bit of normality coming back to the podcast I mean, we are we we've reached ninety five episodes, which is pretty incredible, and you know we've we're coming up on that episode one hundred. So be prepared for nine different variants. Uh, <laughs> be prepared for different cuts of the podcast. Uh, no, we we do have a couple of things planned f- for you guys for the podcast to celebrate one hundred. So something for us to uh, to look forward to. From coming from Coffee and Heroes Connect. <laughs> start putting our own book together and everything yeah um so yeah i mean as i say with the comics world i mean i as well as this podcast obviously i've started doing a youtube channel for the store which is you know another outlet mostly because these guys don't like me talking about the snyder cut and dc movies so that's my outlet for that but uh no we're we're, we're just trying to build with the store at the moment you know the we we tried to use our time off quite productively. You know, we we've got the website coming along. We've got the YouTube channel. We really want to push forward and get the podcast reestablished again after you know a, a little bit of time away, and everything's looking pretty pretty positive. Certainly from the store point of view at the moment. So, uh, I mean, we always start these podcasts off just as well with a little sort of quick look at the news and so forth. There are still bits and pieces coming out at the moment. So. Uh, one thing I keep certainly talking about, and I know the guys are looking forward to, is uh, the old guard. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about it before. Uh, make sure to go back and check out that podcast book club, uh, expertly set up by Keith. And the movie adaptation is due this Friday, July tenth. So I think we need a wee bit of a streaming party here, gents. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that that sounds nice. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, I mean, obviously, the source material is primo stuff. Um, it, it really, I mean, it, it really is. It's really, really fantastic. Uh, a really fantastic first series and the second series of a proposed trilogy uh, in uh, in Old Guard Force Multiplied is going very well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting for the uh, for the show looks really, really fantastic. 
uh, I've done my usual and, and I think it's it's our usual of watching the first trailer and going no further. Uh, so uh, what I've seen so far uh, just looks looks great. What I've read looks great. Uh, so yeah, looking looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to. Um, I think unfortunately, Force Multiplied was sort of one of the casualties of the uh, the pandemic. You know, it kind of got. We have to wait a little bit more for uh, the final issue, but um, hopefully the film will just keep a, keep it ticking along. Mm. But it's got it's got a fantastic cast. Um, the only thing Netflix, you know, it's not not the best of records with comic book films. I don't know if you guys did you watch the last days of American Crime? Not yet. No, I've I do have the the graphic which I quite enjoy, which is by Rick Remender, but. Yeah, I believe the film adaptation achieved a little bit of notoriety. Yeah, you could say that. I, I'll not spoil anything for Keith, but I think everything that's been said about it is pretty much true. <laughs> you're you're not having much luck at the moment, Roddy. First you had to watch Bloodshot, <laughs> and now you had to watch this. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Yeah, well, I mean, the reviews have started creeping out for Old Guard, and you know, similar to how I I would be with the trailers. You know, one is enough. Uh, reviews I'll maybe read the byline and that's it and it it seems to indicate a lot of this is an action movie yes but it's also a deep thriller with something to say and uh, yeah the the hopes are high for it I have to say so yeah coming this Friday July 10th might just have to do a wee, uh, re reread of the book as if I don't have enough to read uh, <laughs> I mean I believe you've been chatting away with Mr. Rucka over this uh, over this period Keith uh, well, yeah, I get in a, uh, there's a, a, a Lazarus, uh, which is his other fantastic uh, comic book series. There's a Lazarus Discord uh, that I'm a member of, and, uh, and Greg Rucka is, is a very active uh, participant in that, in that Discord channel. So talks Lazarus, talks Old Guard, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, well, we've had a, had a few exchanges that have, uh, that have been very, very pleasant. So there's a lot of excitement in that quarter, obviously, as you might expect. Uh, around the around the the movie, yeah. Now hopefully it does well. And as you say, with there being a trilogy of books, there's no no reason not to hope for a trilogy of movies as well. So, mm. so yeah, guys, looking forward to that one. Uh, another bit of news is certainly I think worth having a wee quick chat about is the inevitable acquisition of Marvel Comics of the Aliens and Predators licenses. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean we obviously Disney bought Fox Studios, so they they got the film licenses to these uh, creations but the comics have been a little bit further behind but it was announced this week and also there was a image David Finch drew I don't know if you guys saw of a oh. uh, predator on top of Avengers Tower holding a severed Iron Man head I mean I love that it just brought out such joy in me uh, I have to say for no particular reason but looking forward to seeing what to do I mean Dark Horse have had that license for 40 years for those comics you know a long long time and mm-hmm. You know, it's been an interesting turn of turnabout. I mean, I do have slight concerns that maybe the licenses could be slightly diluted, maybe, or maybe to be more family friendly. I don't know. Am I am I worrying about well, nothing here? I'd say it's it's hard to know because I certainly sometimes with those the Marvel they sort of seem to just gobble up everything, and it's a bit of a worry at times. But I know if you look at something like Conan, which they pretty much was the most recent like reacquisition of a license for them. They've knocked it out of the park ever since. They've told 
those 12 issues by Jason Aaron, and then I think Jim Zub just got one by the time the uh, uh, pandemic sort of hit. Do you get two? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was they, what they've done with that is fantastic. And you think with Conan, that's great. He's like a you know, barbaric character from another world. Like, they can tie in more stuff to aliens. There's a lot of, uh, you know, cosmic side. Can they tie aliens into a cosmic side? I know everyone's kind of going nuts over alien versus venom or something like that, you know? Like, there's endless possibilities, like, but at the same time, you kind of, I think what they've done just recently is probably proof that they'll maybe succeed with it. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because uh, one of the X Men's uh, sort of main main villains or cosmic space based villains is the Brood, uh, who are a, a race of uh, a race of aliens that you know are quite obviously based on on the aliens from from the aliens movies. So, I mean, I, everything I've read suggests. I mean, I know they 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 posted that. That picture with uh, the predator with with the Iron Man helmet, um, presumably with Tony's head inside. But they have said that that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be seeing, you know, the predator, the aliens crossover with the the Marvel heroes. And uh, so I just I just don't know. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it certainly must be a blow to Dark Horse. They've had those licenses for close to like forty years, have they not? Yeah, exactly. Forty years, almost nine. Was it? It's no thirty years. It was oh, right yeah. after. It was right after Aliens. Okay. They acquired the license. Um, and you might find out, this is going to be a kind of quick, cheeky plug, but um, you'll maybe find out more about that. You guys have done two awesome starting points so far. And coincidentally, it's really interesting that the news should drop. Uh, so my starting points will be Alien. So I'm looking really looking forward to getting that out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I think... Dark Horse were doing some really stellar stuff. I think, I think just thinking about it, there the there's a certain creativity that they were doing. They were doing like these alternate stories, and I don't think Marvel will do that. I think Dark Horse were doing like oh Alien Three, the original screenplay, and I and I know even in this previous book there is, I think it's the second issue of the original Alien screenplay they're turning into a comic book. So I don't see Marvel doing that, but I think the certainly the possibilities for like the crossover and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. I think if you acquire that license, you, the first thing you do is get a crossover going. (laughs) Well, consider, consider Conan. You didn't, you didn't think Conan would mix it up with the um, Avengers, did you? And then he did. So very true. Very true. They can't help themselves. Yeah. You're probably right, Roddy. You're probably right. Yeah, I mean, my hope was certainly based on how extreme Punisher Soviet got that Marvel's not too, you know, they're not afraid to shy away from maybe the more darker side of sort of humanity and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, hopes are high. I mean, it's it's the ultimate recommendation I can give for anything that these two fine gentlemen pick is that over this break, my new favorite title became Conan. And yeah. I never, like... You guys raved on and on and on about it for ages. And then I was telling Keith in the store last week that I got to the end of issue 14. And I thought to myself, I wonder if 15's come out yet and I've just missed it. And then was disgusted to know that 15 has not come out yet. 
But mm. yeah, that uh, that Conan run is pretty stellar, and it hasn't skipped a beat since uh, Jason Aaron left it. But yeah, pretty stellar stuff, I have to say. So, whatever these guys recommend on previews, you know, listen to them early rather than having to. Don't don't listen to my opinion. Just listen to these guys. They they know what they're That's talking. Very about. nice to say, Alan. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, with with that in mind, I mean, we, as I say, we'll we'll jump on to the previews books. Uh, these are going to be the recommendations. We're going to continue with a similar sort of format to what we were doing before. You know, everything was put on pause. So we always pick five titles. We look across all three books: the DC, the Marvel, and the indie books, and then we pick out our five titles that we think are are the standouts. I mean, there's there's so many comics released every month and every week that, you know, there's there's no way to possibly afford them all. You know, Keith and I do our best, uh, but you know, sometimes you do have to step away from some titles. So we just like to try and recommend these are the titles we think are the strongest. Uh, usually, I tend to recommend more DC. Keith will recommend more Marvel. Roddy will recommend more indie. I'll be curious to see if that's still the case tonight. But I mean, what certainly with the books themselves, what would your general overview be roddy of the the indie stuff um it looks to be a cracking month to be honest um i'm not gonna name any titles at the moment because we all have we're gonna get to them later but certainly i don't think with the obviously a lot of the marvel books and the dc books are maybe just backfilling i think there's a lot of really really stellar indie stuff coming out there's a lot of great number ones from everyone, everyone across the board's kind of releasing stuff. You've got your big hitters, Image, but even even like Oni Press and Boom, and yeah, all those guys have fantastic looking number ones from like some of the biggest creators in the industry. It's not just number ones from you know like maybe creators in the sort of middle ground. These are like it's there's a new number one from the person that's writing Batman, for example massive massive comic coming out so it's i think it's going to be good and i think there's been a few delays with the coronavirus for the indie books but um i think it's it's almost back to business as usual for them um yeah i mean just to echo those thoughts yeah the, the indie book did have me quite excited this month uh not only a new title from you know the writer of batman but a new title from the writer of daredevil so definitely uh something to look forward to there in terms of the dc book i mean i was DC's a bit more interesting these days. I suppose I should just update guys a little bit on DC in that they are uh, going through the process of severing their ties with Diamond. Uh, they've set up their own production companies in the States. There was a little bit of a worry there that they had cut everything over in Europe as well, but they are going to continue to the end of the year. Uh, and then there's going to be new distributors for DC product. But, but what that means is the previews books themselves are a product of Diamond. So the Marvel book came as normal this month. The uh, indie book came as normal. DC have started releasing their previews book free every month. And you can find it on dccomics.com. And it's under DC Connect. So it's the exact same format as was before where you'll have all the new titles up front. And then the ongoing titles further in. Uh, it it's really intuitive. It's it it hasn't really skipped a beat. But you know, again, this is something that you know I just prefer having a book in my hand as opposed to a uh, a digital file. But but uh, yeah. So any any time you want to get a look at the DC stuff, guys, just feel free to jump on the DCComics.com. You'll find it for free. Uh, but a strong month for DC. I think they are 
they, they'll be launching a couple of big titles. They've already launched one. Uh, the first issue came out a, a week or so ago, Death Metal, Scott Schneider and Greg Capullo's Magnum Opus sequel. Uh, so the first year, uh, issue of that came out. And then Deceased Dead Planet, which is Tom Taylor's next installment of his Deceased Universe. So in the latest DC Connect, those sort of juggernauts are continuing. Uh, Metal's continuing to expand with a series of one-shots, which we'll, we'll chat about. And then the bit, and then there's also a big anniversary one, you know, another one I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, it it just seems to be the year for DC. We've had 80th anniversaries for Green Lantern, for Batman, for you know Joker, for Catwoman. Uh, so there's another big big uh, book which we'll chat about later. Some good trades yeah. as well. So yeah, strong strong month all around. Alan, are they doing? Is there a lot of cardstock variants I saw this month as well? Yeah, I mean, I certainly it's, saw a few. The cardstock variants do sell very well. Certainly, you know, we can only ever you know speculate on based on sales in our store, but the the cardstock variants always sell well. They they do tend to be a pound more expensive, but they've just that, got that quality collectability to it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely something DC do more. I don't think Marvel really indulge in cardstock variants much. They pull the odd one out maybe, but. By and large, they just sort of stick to the traditional paper stock. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, strong month from DC. I have to say, a lot of good stuff. Um, and then how about the Marvel book, Keith? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty going on. I guess I guess Marvel really pulled a lot of their books in a way that that uh, that that DC didn't. You know, so they they really came to a, to a halt. There's some weeks that we've had like one or two coming out in drips and drabs, but I mean, some of my pull lists over the past couple of weeks have been DC and DC and DC and the Pension Marvel, um, <laughs> which, which as you know, is distressing. Um, so, <laughs> so, and actually, whenever you're mentioning that uh, Green Lantern um, anniversary, that's one that I missed that I wouldn't mind getting a getting a hold of, Alan. Uh, yeah, what was can, that like? Yeah, we can sort that. Yeah, it's good stuff in it. So it was uh, a little bit like the Robin anniversary issue and then it doesn't just have to focus on one character. You know, mm. obviously with there being different Green Lanterns over the time. So, yeah, I dug it. All of those idiots have actually been pretty good. Um, the Catwoman one was a little up and down, but there was a stellar mm. story in it, unsurprisingly, you'll no doubt say, uh, by Tom Keane, which of is course. clearly a continuation of his uh, his run where Catwoman's pregnant. Uh, really, really, really nice sort of eight-page story, but... But yeah, the Green Lantern one was good, I have to say. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be look. That Robin one was stellar. That was really fantastic. A lot of um, a lot of Dick Grayson in there. I knew you'd enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to back to Marvel. So as I say, this this sort of I guess this will be September releases we'll be looking at. Yeah, isn't it? Um and uh, I guess by that stage they'll be they'll be sort of back to full strength and they're really picking up with uh, with the the now now long delayed uh, X of Swords crossover or Ten of Swords crossover, whatever whatever the X is. Do we know if it's the X or the Ten yet? I'm not sure. I think um, it's X of Swords, but I, I'm not 100 percent on that. As I understand, there are also Ten Swords though, so that's interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, it'll be in full swing. We've got a couple of preludes in September and. There's a first chapter one shot, and then on to the the full line crossover. There'll be a there'll be a handbook of the Marvel universe as per usual, you know, to to describe all the characters and bits and pieces if that's your if that's your jam. And there's going to be a whole raft of the, you know, the 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 one pound true believers reprints that sort of spotlight the characters associated with that crossover. Um, a few of those will be picking up myself because there's some really interesting characters. 
sort of resurfacing and I wouldn't mind reminding myself about their uh, about their origins and then uh, I think there's a Marvel Tales reprint of Captain Britain's origin by Chris Claremont so I'll, I'll maybe I'll maybe grab that um, we've got a back to basics Iron Man relaunch uh, under Christopher Cantwell which we'll talk about a wee bit later uh, Nick Spencer he's overseeing the uh, the the Sins Rising arc with uh, in Spider-Man with Sin Eater sort of leveling up under the uh, under the power of the mysterious kindred and we've got a, an amazing spider-man flagship series reaching a landmark um ultraman's been reimagined uh, in, a, in a five-part return um so kaiju's your thing uh empire which thanks to covid delays we haven't even seen the start of yet <laughs> is coming to a close in september with the <laughs> avengers and fantastic four aftermaths by by Al Ewing and Dan Slott, respectively. So we'll see what universing-changing effects that six-parter has wrought. Um, She-Hulk's getting the Immortal Hulk treatment from Ewing in a one-shot, so that's going to be, be interesting. We're picking up. Uh, Shang-Chi, which we previously previewed, is finally getting released. Uh, Marvel Zombies are back, um, and this time it's... You've probably heard me chatting about The Last God by Philip Kennedy Johnson. So he's at the helm of the Marvel Zombies. So, and that spins out of a previous one-shot into a four-part series. Um, and uh, I say with all our titles seemingly coming back to a normal schedule, uh, other than titles that have drifted off into the land of the lost of, of Digital Only, uh, we've, got, we've got all of those usual titles back, you know, all the, all the regulars. Um, collected editions, there's a lovely Moon Knight omnibus uh, hardcover. Uh, we've got Zdarsky's Standout Invaders series getting a hardcover with an Alex Ross uh, cover art. Uh, we've got a Spider-Man Rogue to Venom trade paperback and a new Mutants Epic collection introducing The Man Called Cable. Um, so it's uh, I think September we're really going to be back on track uh, Marvel-wise. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to take a moment right now to say R.I.P. Hawkeye Freefall. Moment oh. of silence. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, that, that was the one that hurt most. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess I guess they made their choices as to as to which of these books are switching to to digital only, and unfortunately, I'm not following them. And the reason the reason why is because although digital can be a nice format to read, and I certainly did read a couple of digital books and uh, releases from Comicsology that were that were free over over the the, the COVID lockdown. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to 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 buy digital only and support your local comic store, so. I'm afraid that's out the window for me. Yeah, I'll look forward to reading the end of it if they collect it into trade eventually. Um, uh, they are collecting it into trade this month in yeah, September. Yeah. That, well, that's it. It's just it's just frustrating from a collector's point of view as well. You know, we're obviously OCD by nature, and <laughs> having four issues in a collection when it should be six. There was one of our regulars said that he knew a really good printer and he was going to buy it in digital and then get it printed and bound. <laughs> Just so he had a collection, it in his collection. So, do you know what? It's just gonna sit sit in my uh, my uh, filing cabinet. It, it's not gonna bother me at all. Okay, okay. I mean, it's just gonna they, put that out there. The the other uh, the other casual day for me is uh, is Jane Foster Valkyrie by uh, Al Ewing. Uh, that that that's another one that's been switched to to digital only, and that has been oh, such a good series and. I mean, I don't know how much of a lifespan these things will have. You know, it, it was an ongoing, so yeah. I mean, it, I don't know how much of a lifespan it'll have in digital only. So, so that that'll be a that'll be a sad one as well to lose, definitely. But 
There you go. Well, we'll move away from the depression of digital and on to the glory of print uh, <laughs> and have a little look through uh, our picks. So, yeah, as ever, we're going to stick to the, the, the format of we'll go through four picks, first of all, four picks each of what we're looking forward to. And then we'll finish off with what our pick of the month should be. You know, if there's just one title that, you, that we would highly, highly recommend, that'll be the, what we'll finish with. So I'll kick things off myself and... Interestingly enough, it's not a single issue as my first recommendation, and it's not DC, so there's a little bit of joy there. But over the uh, lockdown period, I, as well as my bulging single-issue collection, I've taken a bit of a liking to omnibuses and compendiums. And I think they're a really great way of collecting together stories uh, that maybe are a little tricky to get because prices have went up due to you know demand for them, things like that. And it's just nice having the story all in one place. So the first one that really caught my eye is a Marvel omnibus. And it's uh, got a the really short, snappy title of Marvel Cosmic Universe by Donny Cates Omnibus Volume 1 Hardcover. <laughs> so Rolls right off your tongue. It really does. I mean, I already collect, in terms of Donny Cates, I mean, he's, he's a writer at the moment that just can seemingly do no wrong. You know, his Thor run, he took over without skipping a beat, I think, from Jason Aaron. You know, I, I was always curious to know how Keith was going to feel about that. And from what I understand, you know, he hasn't skipped a beat. He's shown... Oh, I feel pretty good about that. Well, that's it. He's shown the proper amount of respect to the previous material, but he's, you know, putting his own stamp on it. Yeah. It, it actually reminds me a little bit of Tinian taking over Tom Keane from Batman. He's keeping bits and pieces, but it's very much his title. Mm-hmm. Um, his Venom run is outstanding and only gets more and more popular in the store. Uh, <clears throat> so this Cosmic Universe one, they, they've essentially allowed Donny Cates to build his own little corner of the Marvel Universe. And um, what this is going to have is... It's going to collect together Thanos 13 to 18. So that was a run that he took over from Jeff Lemire and introduced us to the Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, Keith's second favorite Marvel character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we have Death of the Inhumans 1 to 5, which I have to admit I didn't read. Um, Five-issue miniseries, but I'll certainly give it a go when it hits this. Then you've got Cosmic Ghost Rider 1 to 5 in there as well. And then I know Roddy will back me up on this one. Certainly one of my favorite series of last year was Silver Surfer Black, uh, which one to five is going to be included in this, as well as a couple of annuals. So you're essentially getting 22 to 23 issues there all together. Now, it is an advanced solicit. It's not actually available until December. But I just thought it was one that was worth pointing out because I think this is going to be a, a stunner of a collection. And just to back up my point, maybe of Silver Surfer Black, there is going to be a direct market exclusive cover, which is uh, by Trad Moore, which is of Silver Surfer Black. So, nice. Uh, yeah, I'll very much look forward to that. I have to say. So, yeah, the Marvel Cosmic Universe by Donny Cates hardcover. Uh, how about yourself, Roddy? What would your first pick this month be? Cool. Well, I'm gonna keep the Marvel train rolling. I think they need a little bit of love. Keith was saying they're, you know, faltering here. So we'll we'll keep trying to big this little comic book company up. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Keith mentioned it at the start. Marvel, they've acquired aliens, but they've also acquired another character that of Ultraman. And my first preview is the rise of Ultraman. So if you don't know, uh, Ultraman is sort of uh, Japanese. Uh, there's many more, but it started off as a Japanese live action. Uh, television show um the in the toka toka 
satsu genre, which is like special filming, um, mostly a live action thing with special effects. Uh, imagine Godzilla and Kamen Rider, and you're sort of in the same ballpark. Um, but yeah, I'll read you the little blurb. It sounds really cool. I thought it would be a nice wee jumping on point because the the writer, Kyle, well, there's two writers, Kyle Higgins and um, Matt Groom. Matt Groom's maybe most famous for doing an image series called Self Made. Kyle Higgins has been doing uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for Boom. And I know they've been awesome those comic series but it's now you're into sort of like issue 50 and beyond so i thought this would be a really nice starting point to sort of jump in and see see what marvel can do with the that kind of genre um but yeah in the darkness there looks kaiju terrifying and unfathomable monsters between kaiju and the rest of us stands the united science patrol but who are these enigmatic defenders and how do they perform their miracles? Shin, Hayata and Kiki Fuji have spent half a lifetime trying to find out. And their quest is about to drive them towards a decades old dark secret and put them on a collision course with a mysterious warrior from beyond the stars. Um, yeah, so it's, I thought it was really interesting because uh, if you look at this, we were seemed to be talking about it earlier. We were saying, are aliens going to cross over? Well... This one, Ultraman, if you look at the variant covers, of which there are a few stunning ones, there is an Olivier Coppel one, which teases Ooh. Ultraman, but who's he got on his shoulder? Spider-Man. <laughs> so there's um, the main covers by Alex Ross, and it looks absolutely stunning. Um, I think the main crux of Ultraman is he's, he's sort of a, a normal man, but he also... There's a lot of backstory to it, but he also has like a basically cosmic god being inside himself, and then he can make himself, you know, t hundreds of feet tall, you know, like um, Battle Godzilla and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it seems pretty cool. So it's interesting to see them take this um, sort of Japanese pop culture icon and bring him, bring him almost to the US. I'm sure there's not. I'm sure maybe people know off the character, but. Do they really know the character? So yeah, it seems seems something that's really worth checking out. It's nice. Anything that's um, a little bit different in Marvel is good in my eyes. Yeah, and Alex Ross just continues knocking those covers out of the park. Uh, oh yeah. <coughs> I really wish he'd come back to DC. Mm. <laughs> I miss him so much. Uh, cool. So that is... Uh, Rise of Ultraman at number one. Uh, Kyle Higgins as well, great Nightwing writer. Did the yep. Nightwing for New 52. How about yourself, Keith, first pick? Uh, so I'm going to just put an end to this Marvel love in here. And, uh, it's about time. And uh, where, uh, where Roddy's talking about a beginning in, in Marvel, I'm going to be talking about an ending in DC. So we, we knew this was coming, uh, but... Uh, since the start of DC Rebirth in 2016, Joshua Williamson has served as the writer on The Flash. And the issue 762 of The Flash, uh, released in September, will mark the end of his tenure uh, on The Flash, the conclusion of his run of 101 issues on that book, uh, with, as I say, with issue 762. Um, it's the conclusion of an aptly named storyline called Finish Line. Uh, which comes off the back of uh, the current arc, which is the Flash Edge, 
uh, and then the next arc is called the Legion of Zoom, um, which is kind of a, a, a nice play on the I guess the Legion of Doom. Uh, so so this is it. This is this is the end uh, of uh, of Williamson's uh, the Flash. So we've got Barry Allen. The reverse flash racing for the last time towards this fast-paced conclusion. For years, Eobard Thorn has uh, Thorn has tormented Barry Allen, and now the Flash knows the only way to win is to make sure the reverse flash never runs again. So this is a story years in the making, at the end of an epic 101-issue run uh, on the Flash. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about Tom King's run on on Batman, but I think this marks the will mark the longest the longest uh, rebirth run, won't it? Oh, easily. Definitely. Um, it, it is a bit of a shame that they decided to go back to legacy numbering and not just let it have that issue 101. Yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully they'll do like a Marvel thing and, you know, have legacy numbering underneath it and do number one. It's almost a little bittersweet, isn't it? But um, it's nice to see him make it make it to that level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's doing great work on uh, on, on Batman and Superman as well. Um, so really, I really, I really stand out just just doing fantastic stuff with this character, just plugging away, you know, and he doesn't seem to be after the glory by any means, you know. Uh, it's just, it's just good, solid, just good, solid work. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've got, I mean, yeah, just, just brilliant. You know, I've just really, I've really enjoyed that. Uh, the artist on it's Howard Porter. The cover looks absolutely fantastic. Um, just this, this image of uh, of Flash dragging. Uh, Dragging the reverse flash across the cover, leaving leaving a you know a line of blood behind him. Uh, That's a so pretty yeah, looks, violent cover, I have to say. It's it's it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it is the end of a the end of a run. So, I mean, it's been interesting. My my pull list this last week had three issues of the Flash in it, and one missing that I needed to join them up. So I, I got the one missing this week. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Uh, and so, there's another uh, issue this week, believe it or not. Yeah. So we're 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 quickly we're quickly. We're quickly dashing towards this endpoint, and uh, yeah, that'll be be interesting. Be interesting. Yeah, I'd be curious to see who takes over for him as well. With it only being a few months away, I'm surprised they haven't announced who actually will take over the reins. But or indeed, what Joshua Williamson will be be doing next. Uh, I really, I really do hope that DC hold on to him, or at the very least, he he still works for DC and maybe does a Tom Taylor and does a little bit of DC, a little bit of Marvel. He's fantastically yeah. talented writer yeah maybe uh, silly to let him go you know i've been enjoying neil Bider returns which is one of his creator owned series he's come back course, to yeah. so so yeah cool that is flash 762 by joshua williamson and howard porter which will be the final issue of williamson's run bringing him up to 101 and i mean it's kind of interesting the end of those those long runs because if you know you know that's the end of the run you're more tempted to to jump on so I mean, maybe uh, you usually keep the first the first trades of the of the, the rebirth issues in the store, don't oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a good run of the flash trades certainly on the shelf, and it is interesting as you say that because I was actually chatting to someone about this in the store today, and you know, I I hope it's also a sign of how the store has grown and more people have found us. But you know, when Tom Keane was on Batman, we were maybe looking at twenty two, twenty three people had that title on their pull list. And it was a pretty in, impenetrable run. Unless you read it all, there wasn't really a starting point. And then once Tinian's come on, Batman's now in over 40 pull lists. And, you know, that's that's quite the leap. It's a testament to the quality of it as well. And as I say, hopefully how the store's grown. But, you know, if you have that, that point and people are know about it and they're prepared to give it a chance. So, 
Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a, a similar similar story with Flash. Uh, cool. So another one from myself. So we're going to continue to move away from that evil house that Mickey Mouse owns, and uh, <laughs> we're going to go on to going to go on to a little indie title that grabbed me this week um, or this month, I should say. As Roddy said, the the quality of indie titles this month is very high, and the quality of creators is very high. And the my next pick, if I hadn't picked this, one of you guys probably would have anyway. I think we'll all be on this. This is a title called Stillwater. Uh, this is written by a friend of the podcast, Chip Zdarsky, and the it's uh, two different artists pulling judo on this, Ramon K. Perez and Mike Spicker, or is it Spicer? What do we think? I'd say Spicer. It's spicy guy. Yeah, I'll go spicy. <laughs> uh, not an awful lot given away. There is a little, There are some preview pages, but similar to trailers for movies, I just sort of stay away from uh, previews pages. But this is going to be a uh, brand new series. It gives the usual uh, recommendations in that if you like the suspenseful Gideon Falls and The Walking Dead, you'll love Stillwater. I think we're on board. Uh, so Stillwater, nobody dies in the town of Stillwater. That's not just a promise, it's a threat. Join superstar writer Chip Zdarsky and Eisner Award-winning uh, Ramon K. Perez as they dive into a world of horror and intrigue in this new ongoing Skybound series. So ongoing from the start, which is always promising as well, means they've got a long story in mind to tell. It's not a case of, you know, six issues sell well and then they promote it to ongoing and maybe the storytelling suffers. So I, th- I think Zdarsky's got plenty of pull at image, certainly with, you know, how well Sex Criminals did and sold and you know, the great work he's doing at Marvel with, with Daredevil and did with the aforementioned Invaders and so forth. So that one was going straight to the top of my pull list uh, this month, I have to say. So really look forward to that, uh, which is Stillwater number one. Uh, how about yourself, Roddy? A second title then? Cool. Um, to be honest, this is my recommendation, but it is equally both your recommendation. So I'm going to throw it right back to both of you, because this is DC, believe it or not. Um, I'm going to go for Hellblazer, Volume 1, by Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell. I think Aaron Campbell does all the art on it, doesn't he? I think the artist has there's, changed there's, once. There's no fill-ins, is there? No, I'm sorry. I'm not too sure who it was, because I know there's a few different ones. But um, yeah, you guys recommend it, so mm-hmm. it's on the pull list. So politically charged, um, Hellblazer. This is this is all under the banner of the Sandman universe. Um, I believe this one because there was a one shot, wasn't there? This doesn't seem to include the one shot. It includes Hellblazer one to six, and also um, an issue of the Books of Magic number fourteen. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of crossover is there. But um, yeah, I just just remember, and you guys talk about it on one of the podcasts um, with Tommy Willowtree, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh god, I have to I have to get on board. This. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's there's not much more to say, but um, I kind of want to pick it up, just basically because of you guys. So, um, I mean, just looking actually at the solicit, it does include the one shot. Um, oh, does it? So yeah. Oh, good. Collects the Sandman Universe presents Hellblazer One, John Constantine One to Six, and Books of Magic Fourteen. I mean, I'm I'm pretty delighted that it goes as far as issue six there. Uh, I just read it last week, and it's it's an issue set in a hospital. That's all I'll say about oh. it. But it was tremendously 
creepy and affecting and yeah it's hellblazer's been great so far it's um it's been one of the standout issues every week it's released uh size Barrier has really found his niche there like i mean that he, he, he writes john constantine so well and it's really cool they've included that one shot as well Roddy, because it sets up the i mean although it's been a series of of two-parters or single issues or or whatever maybe i think there's a three-parter at the start um there is an, an overarching um an overarching story uh and that rebirth sets it up uh, i'll not uh, i'll not go too much too much further but i think i think we've spoken about it previously uh so yeah i'm really glad they're including that 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 one shot as well yeah sorry i don't know where i got my info from must have got it from a bad website they just seem to ignore that one <laughs> but yeah i'm glad it's there too i'm glad you're glad <laughs> yeah come I on probably looked at something called bc by mistake <laughs> <laughs> come on roddy I, I gave you the link to dc connected everything at the start of this podcast you know hello, hello. <laughs> but yeah no that, that'll be a big seller in store hellblazer is i would actually say hellblazer is probably in our top five for dc pull lists uh sells really really well and and as keith says you know cyspers really he, he hit the ground running with it as well there hasn't been a weak issue uh, so far so uh yeah i think that'll sell well in the store so yeah that's john constantine hellblazer volume one and it's under the subtitle marks of woe uh cool uh how about yourself keith then a second pick yeah and i'm uh i'm gonna be following uh one of our favorites uh we've mentioned him already james tinney in the fourth um has been just kicking ass on a whole lot of books, whether that be whether that be Batman, whether that be something is killing the children. Um, but he's got a new book coming out from Image Comics. Uh, the the artist on it is uh, Martin Simmons, and that book is Department of Truth number one. Uh, so it it's the story apparently of a young man named Cole Turner, who's recruited into this shadowy organization within the U.S. government that makes sure that conspiracy theories stay conspiracy theories. And it's a job that will push him to his own limits as he grapples with the nature of truth, of history, of the human condition and the American dream. Uh, so it, it sounds very contemporary in a lot of ways. It's a conspiracy thriller told with a with a horror edge, apparently. Um, every issue, apparently, it will build on the last, but is also meant to be read standalone as well. So each... Each one will highlight a different conspiracy theory. The first issue deals with flat earth theory. The second with the um, the satanic panic of the 80s. The third deals with the, the false flag conspiracy theories. Uh, and apparently Tinian has got a lot of conspiracies, you know, from UFOs to chemtrails <laughs> to reptilians to Atlantis. And obviously you can't miss the assassination of JFK. Uh, he says he's done a lot more research into this book than he's done for anything he's written his career. And with the books that he's bought and the podcast that he's listened to, he's, he's almost certain that he's in a whole lot of, of government watch lists. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's just a conspiracy too. So I'm really looking forward to this. The art is is really interesting. Uh, it, it wouldn't normally be what, what I gravitate to. Quite sketchy, um, quite um, uh, uh, interpretive, maybe removed. But... Uh, but yeah, I just the idea of it, um, the idea of it just sounds great. And with with James Tennant attached, I'm I'm there, you know. Uh, so that's uh, that's Department of Truth number one uh, by James Tennant and Martin yeah, Simmons from I'm, Image Comics. I'm certainly loving the art on that. Um, I love how, especially in 
I maybe failed to mention it at the start of the podcast, the arts for a lot of these indie books are so varied because mm. you have you have Martin Simmons who's doing it's a bit Dave McKean but like sketchy it kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of Philadelphia um yeah Jason Sean Alexander stuff on that um everything kind of bleeds off the you know the squares and stuff it's really really interesting yeah but, yeah uh, yeah I mean so the art the artist himself uh, Martin Simmons he did a series I read recently called Dine is Easy it was a uh, Joe Hill written IDW series, so I, I quite like the art style. I I always throw this out there that it reminds me of like the cutscenes of a game called Max Payne, and the mm. cutscenes were always presented in the form of a comic book, and it was that sort of as you say scratchy, noiry, shadowy type art. Uh, yeah, there's maybe a sniff of uh, Belsinkowitz about it. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly think it suits sort of the idea of conspiracies, you know, and, and you know the truth hidden in the shadows and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I look forward to that myself. I mean, the previews mm. book says, you know, if you like the ominous conspiracy theory tones of the X Files, just stop there. I don't sold, sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on board for that one. So uh, yeah, that's the Department of Truth. Good to see, despite Tinian's obvious success, certainly with the bat title. You know, he's still got plenty of great sounding indie stories to tell. So uh, yeah, I look forward to that one myself. Uh, another recommendation from myself, so starting to revert more to type now and on to the goodness of DC. Uh, obviously, we were just chatting there about Hellblazer and the great work that's being done on that by Cy Spurrier. But if there was one more writer that I would love to see tackle John Constantine at the moment, uh, it's Tom Taylor. And he is going to be doing a Black Label series, which I believe is going to be three issues. I'm sorry, Keith, it is prestige plus size, so it's silly size. <laughs> I can wait till it trades. <laughs> but uh, it's called Hellblazer Rise and Fall, uh, written by the aforementioned Tom Taylor. And the other great strength to it is that the art and covers by Derek Robertson, who, of course, is very well known, especially for the boys. The reason I'd love to see Tom Taylor tackle this character is I don't think there's a better writer at the moment in tackling a mixture of horror with comedy, with heart, and all those things, I think, are John Constantine. Uh, preview art looks great uh, the blurb sounds fantastic for it so the general gist is a billionaire falls out of the sky and is gruesomely skewered on a church spire bizarrely angel wings are attached to his back more follow until hallelujah it's raining businessmen detective isha bukhari is stumped by this until she's visited by her childhood friend occult investigator john constantine DC's Hellblazer discovers a link between the falling elite and a shocking moment in his and Aisha's misspent youth. How do these killings tie to the first death on John's hands? How does this involve heaven and hell? Even if this is kind of John's fault, will Constantine be happy to let a few more rich bastards fall from the sky, like a vindictive Robin Hood? It's an all-new DC Black Label mystery starring Constantine in his very first tale spun by Tom Taylor and artist Derek Robertson. That just sounds absolutely fantastic. Like, I think you could even get over your aversion to black label size, Keith, with this one. I, I got to tell you, Alan, I mean, the, the, the question, uh, which I, I sort of read one issue of so far, uh, thanks to thanks to you learning it to me, was close, but this could be closer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you understand my my aversion to it doesn't come as a result of... of it's because it doesn't fit in my comic box. <laughs> You know, and I'm not going to buy one of your big comic boxes just for you know what I mean. So it's uh, and and I think maybe it's also the price. Uh, I think I just I worry sometimes that whenever you see these 
things that you're maybe starting to see another level of price creep. Uh huh. You know, uh, so there's maybe, a, and I know you're getting plenty for that price, but I just worry that the next thing they'll be delivering regular comic books for that price as well. You know yeah, what I mean? it could so be sort of so, setting a yeah. precedent almost. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I can always yeah. lend you mine. It's okay. <laughs> tell, um, tell you what, that uh, issue three of the question series, you know, it may even get you closer, Keith. That series has been fantastic. So what you're saying yeah. is I have to bring an issue two and issue three for Keith this week to read? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I thought it might yeah. be. Um, <laughs> I actually haven't read it yet. I've got three left from my pull list last week. And uh, that I, I put it to the bottom. And maybe, again, this is just a subconscious thing. But because it's bigger than the rest <laughs> of them, it went to the bottom. You know, so, Don't uh, prove his point. Don't prove the point. <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it though but uh anyway yeah as i say tom taylor again you you'll continue to notice a pattern the more you listen to to certainly recommendations we chat about i mean so far we've talked about donny cates joshua williamson chip sadarsky james tinian and tom taylor you know we, we continue to say it follow creators and if you like their style you know certainly jump on their next book so uh yeah that was hellblazer rise and fall number one uh how about yourself then roddy a second one third one i should say jeez third for me um so we're on to as you say reverting back to type we're gonna dip our toes back firmly into the indie section and this one is from image and it's a brand new trade paperback and i've sort of went quite heavy on the trades this month and not sure why but that just 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 seemed to be what i was going for but um so this one is called Gunning for Ramirez, and it's by artist Nicholas Petrimo, uh, who's sort of like a concept artist from Lyon. This one, um, it was published by Glenot, a French publisher, um, about two years ago, and it won an Angoulême Award. It won a Canal Band de Dessinée Award. So it's already sort of taken over Europe, um, but now it's finally sort of coming to our shores and american shores so really interesting to look at it certainly what we were saying about the art this looks the furthest thing from uh, the department of truth this is sun-drenched um arizona it's a fictional place of falcon city and it's about a former Deadly assassin is one of the deadliest assassin in all of Mexico. A man with dozens of kills to his name was actually a vacuum repairman in Arizona. So Jax Ramirez, who's a man that works in Robotop, uh, a leading home appliance company in the Southwest United States. He's efficient. He's thorough. He's discreet. That last one is easy. He's also mute. Everything changes when two members of one of Paso del Rio's largest drug cartel stumbles upon him. And they believe him him to be the deadly hitman who betrayed them in the past, the ruthless Ramirez. Um, we always say about the if you like this, you'll love. Um, so this one, this one said, if you like Tarantino, if you like um, William Friedkin's to live and die in L.A. So I'm I'm there. Anything William Friedkin, I love. So this one looks amazing. It's sort of got a nice down and dirty cartoony vibe it looks really interesting so i'd definitely recommend looking it up um just like 
really interesting really interesting to see what certain creators are doing and it just shows the depth of talent in this this indie landscape you've got image is only really beginning to scratch the surface of all the amazing talent that is in europe that maybe we're not even seeing at all we're getting mostly you know maybe obviously that's the way it is but we're mostly getting creators from our shores and north america with the odd sort of maybe european artists thrown in that kind of thing you know so this i'm really looking forward to this one well just to go one further to your if you like this you'll love this uh thing uh in the previous book it says if you like the unexpected character arcs of netflix's ozark yep so yep yep oh, wow and, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean and just whenever you're talking roddy um we were we were talking very briefly at the at the weekend whenever we uh we we uh managed to to meet up in the store on saturday morning but uh i finally finished your your netflix recommendations of uh, narcos and narcos mexico Oh uh, yeah. So we yeah. we watched through watched through all five seasons of those of those two shows. So this is in my blood right now. Yeah. Uh, you know. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm I'm all over this. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really interesting. I like that it says Act One as well below the title. And as you say, it's like I I love the sort of European sensibility. It it kind of reminds me a little bit of Death or Glory, uh, which is this fast paced action car chase title by Rick Remender and Bengal. Uh, another European artist, so uh, yeah, this looks really interesting. So, Gunning for Ramirez, that is straight to trade paperback, volume one. Uh, how about yourself, Keith? Are we all reverting back to type now? Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is me now. Uh, from from now until uh, until the end of this podcast, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Um, so, uh, so my recommendation uh, here is. I mentioned earlier that uh, that a, a landmark uh, Marvel title was was celebrating a was celebrating a, a milestone, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred and fifty. Uh, so eight hundred and fifty issues this September, and with some of the best artists around providing variant covers. Uh, so those covers feature several of Spidey's friends and foes from across various points of history. So we were talking about Conan earlier on. So artists. Contributing include uh, Mahmoud Azrar, who draws Spidey in a symbiote suit. Uh, we've got legendary DC animation artist Bruce Tim, who is a cover of Mary Jane Watson in a slinky silver dress. Uh, and Hyuk Lee, uh, his variant features the Green Goblin smirking and holding a pumpkin bomb. Nick Bradshaw's got Spidey surrounded by a load of members of his rogues gallery. There's uh, Olivier Coupiel, Mark Bagley, that's the one I'm after, uh, Humberto Ramos, J. Scott Campbell, Patrick Gleason. So uh, I don't know, this could be the first time I maybe pick up one or two covers, Alan, you never know. Um, <laughs> Finally wore you down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so what's going on in the story? Um, so we're, we're, we've been seeing uh, the, the, the current arc of, of, of Spidey um, I guess has been following this individual called Kindred but 850 we've got Spider-Man, it, it was Amazing Spider-Man 49, it's turned into its legacy number of 850 uh, with Norman Osborn returning to the role of Green Goblin he has been Iron Patriot and most recently he was Red Goblin, he combined with Carnage uh, during Absolute Carnage uh, and we've seen Norman Osborn as the uh, as the 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 head the head uh, keeper uh, in Ravencroft, 
but it seems that with with this individual kindred on the scene, he's returning to his to his roots as uh, as Green Goblin and uh, opening a new chapter in his uh, in his relationship as with Spider Man as, as as Peter's arch nemesis. So. Uh, the, the whole Kindred storyline, uh, it's really interesting. Kindred is behind all the stuff that's happened with Sin Eater and the, and the, and the Sin's Rising uh, crossover. And Kindred's a real interesting character. Seems to be, seems to be a, a human that was sort of sent to hell and has become like a demon and, and climbed through the ranks of, of the demons. And he's definitely possessed of of a sort of uh, familiarity with, with Peter Parker. At one stage, he refers to him as Pete. And he's definitely, you know, has a, a familiarity with with Norman Osborn, who, who, you know, he terrified Kindred whenever he was a human, both as Norman and as the Green Goblin. So, you know, we've been we've been theorizing a wee bit in the store and on the chat that that uh, that maybe this is Harry Osborn, Norman's son. But I think there's a little bit more to it than that, and I have a I have a developing theory. Uh, around that, but uh, I don't know if you want to discuss that now or discuss it a little later. Oh, tell us your theory. Go for it. Well, well um, possible spoilers, people. Keith's Marvel knowledge is quite extensive, so if he's right, don't well, don't blame us. <laughs> there was, and it, it's it's whenever we were whenever I was doing my uh, my my Spider Man starting points, uh, we were talking about that. Uh, uh, you can check that out. That's episode ninety four, one before this one, I think, isn't it? It Alan? is indeed, yeah. Uh, so if you want to check that out, please do let me know what you think. My first, my first solo effort following uh, following Alan's fantastic Batman starting point. Um, oh, but you. we talked about uh, one more day, and one more day was like a soft reboot of of Spider Man. The only soft reboot he's ever had after after Peter did a did a deal with Mephisto in order to to bring Aunt May back to life. But in the in the rebooted version of, of Spider-Man's timeline, it was post-Civil War, and you, you remember Spider-Man had revealed his identity during Civil War as Peter Parker, and and post One More Day, nobody knew who, who Spider-Man was anymore, even, you know, and, and his relationship with Mary Jane had changed, Aunt May was back to life, but Harry Osborn was back to life as well, it, it was as if he'd never died. So I'm wondering whether they're, they're, they're going to pull out a, a pre-One More Day version of harry osborne who had died and has been in hell which would explain why he's afraid of norman osborne and of the green goblin and why he affectionately refers to to pete as pete you know so i don't know see what happens hmm, intriguing let's, let's mark this moment let's mark this moment you know <laughs> but uh, it just okay. it just it, it struck me that uh it struck me that uh you know marvel doesn't hard reboot the way DC reboots with the crises but you know that's as close as they've maybe got so I, I don't know I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see I could be wrong so market people that's Monday the 6th of July 2020 at approximately 9 45 p.m just in case <laughs> but uh, yeah that recommendation sorry I got carried away that recommendation <laughs> was uh, was Amazing Spider-Man 850 uh, some uh, uh, you know it's it's Nick Spencer uh, and and it's 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 such a great series. It's been so so friendly neighborhood Spider Man, so web slinger of late. You know, it's just it's a really really lovely uh, really lovely series, really great series. Spider Man returning to his roots. So I'm really looking forward to that. 
Cool. So that is Amazing Spider-Man 850. It's also down as uh, there's a little bracket to it. So it's issue 49 of uh, Nick Spencer's run as well. So yeah, it, it is the one thing that I will continue to have Marvel credit for, certainly above DC. And I really like that legacy numbering. I like the, you know, it, it caters for the long-term fans, but it also shows people who are maybe newer to it that, you know, it's not, you have to read 850 issues. You might just have to read 40-something, that kind of thing. So I do like how they, they do the dual numbering, I must admit. Uh, cool. So we're fully 100% reverting back to type here. I'm sorry we got you all excited at the start with me recommending Marvel, Keith recommending DC, and Roddy going Marvel and DC. But it's a Batman title, people. Uh, my next recommendation is Batman The Joker Warzone. Uh, this is a one-shot. Uh, the Batman series, as we've chatted about before, I, I think it got a really good injection of, of life when Tinian came in. It, ha is leading, it has introduced some new characters, uh, and it is leading up to this awesome-looking storyline called The Joker War. And The Joker War, so what this seems to be, is a one-shot uh, anthology story, and it's including stories from a, a raft of creators, and it's going to show different parts of Gotham during this sort of when joker has almost taken over there is one slight spoiler i'm guessing uh in the uh little preview section for it which i wish i hadn't read but you know if you guys don't want to know it ignore the next 20 seconds uh gotham city is a battleground as the joker takes over the wayne fortune and wages a street war against the dark knight and his allies enter the war zone with short stories featuring characters like cassandra kane stephanie brown and luke fox and see how they're fighting back in a city under siege also, the brutal full debut of the mysterious new anti-hero known as Clown Hunter. Uh, there's something here I think you'll really like, Roddy. I know you don't tend to read Batman and, and these sorts of titles, but I see this beautiful double-page spread on uh, the previews for it, and the artist by James Stokoe. I know that's someone you're, oh, a, cool. yeah, you're yeah. a fan of through his Aliens work predominantly, isn't it? Yes, we may or may not be talking about him on my starting points. <laughs> looking forward to it uh, and we were also wondering what Joshua Williamson was going to do next he's one of the writers on this um, so yeah so, so it's going to so, be sorry go ahead no I was going to say so how many new characters I'm only going by what I kind of hear you guys talking about well so far From it looks time... so far it looks like Tinian has introduced three major new characters he introduced a character yeah, called that's... the designer uh, which is a really cool character. He's introduced now Punchline, which has become the bane of comic stores and the joy of comic book speculators. Uh, and then this is going to be a new one called Clown Hunter, which I believe is actually going to be first introduced. I think it's Batman 96 it's going to be. Uh, no, no I, just, I just find it really interesting how there's, there's just so, so, so many new, just an injection, as you say, like oh. kind of fresh, fresh blood. Well, what sounds interesting about this, and this is total speculation on my part, but the fact that the this character is called Clown Hunter and is described as an anti-hero, is this going to be someone who would, you know, do what Batman wouldn't do and actually, you know, try and kill the Joker? So it'll be interesting to sort of see how these characters get worked in. But, but as I say, this is it's just a one shot. It's going to be forty eight pages. Uh, I do wonder if they will stick to this because it says no ads. 
So mark this moment. Uh, <laughs> because every comic book has ads in it these days. But yeah, just the, the raft of talent on that. I'm really looking forward to the Joker War in general. Uh, I've jumped back on... Keith will appreciate this. I've jumped back on Nightwing. Certainly the last couple oh, of brilliant. issues I think have been great. I especially enjoyed the last issue, which was predominantly just the Joker, Dick Grayson, and who I assume is Dick Grayson's now significant other in a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Which yep. was the Joker almost trying to, you know, rattle Dick's memory. So it, the Joker might be the key here, Keith. We might be saying goodbye to Rick Grayson. Oh, I, I, I believe we are. I believe we are. I think this is. Uh, I think we're we're going to reserve. But, but uh, that issue of Nightwing was was particularly interesting because uh, yeah, he's not. He doesn't seem to be Rick Grayson anymore. But neither is he Dick Grayson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just a little intros into this Joker War storyline have been very good. I'm reading Detective Comics. The last couple of issues have been very stellar as well. So, uh, so yeah. So this is a one shot. Uh, this is Batman: The Joker War Zone, and that is going to be a number one one shot. Uh, Forty eight pages, no ads, and a raft of talent on there as well. So, yeah, definitely one to look forward to. Um. How about yourself, Roddy? What would your next pick be then? Um, so my next one is going to be we're gonna go to Boom Studios this time. Still, we're sticking with indie. Uh, this is Jim Henson's The Storyteller Ghosts. Um, so this is a complete graphic novel. I think this one had a bit of trouble with the coronavirus, if I believe. Uh, I think number one was supposed to be out in March. But um, we can double check it after. I think there's there's been a little bit of history with this. Um, so this one, based on the Jim Jim Henson series, the Storyteller, uh, which is sort of like a European version of storytelling. This one, this one's all about ghosts, as you may have tell, as you may have known. Um, it's from Mark Laszlo, uh, colorist Patricio Del Pesh, and letterer Jim Campbell. This one is about the perils of getting entangled in a ghost affairs. So in Scandinavian folklore, there is a vengeful ghost known as the Myling. Uh, a man traveling at night comes across a haunting cry from within a forest. He enters it to find a spirit who demands to be carried to his proper burial site. The man agrees, but as he travels forth, the spirit's grip tightens and the ghost grows in size. The man moves slower and slower. Can he unburden himself of this terrifying weight before it brings him down for good? I I read I love the original storyteller TV show, and mm. I picked up I picked up some of the comics, not all of them. the The dragon dragon one was really good. I haven't really got into them all, but looking at Mark Laszlo's art for this, it looks phenomenal, fantastic. He's a cartoonist from I think it's Bulgaria. He's from. Um, it just looks gorgeous. And I thought this looks like another really special graphic novel to pick up because with with the ghost, with not with the ghost, with the storytellers, you can kind of just pick and choose. It's like a little bit of an anthology within the comics lore. And yeah, it just looks so good. And anything with a ghost story and kind of folklore, I'm all about. So Nice. Cool. So that is Jim Henson's The Storyteller, A Ghost. Uh, from Roddy and how about yourself Keith we're head- jumping into Marvel uh, event territory again I believe yeah we surely are um, so uh, I'm going to uh, to recommend the uh, the first part 
of uh, of the X Men crossover, uh, X of Swords, and that starts. The first chapter is in X of Swords creation number one. Um, so book by that the the entire crossover has been shepherded by Jonathan Hickman, uh, Tini Howard, and uh, and uh, Pepe Larraz. Uh but. The, the the creation number one is the is the one shot that that kicks everything off. There's a couple of preludes this month as well, um, in Excalibur and in X Men, and then I say we've got uh, we've got X of Swords creation number one, which is the the first chapter. So the crossover uh, it says threatened by powerful forces from the unknown, ten mutants will rise to defend their home, arming themselves with legendary blades, both new and familiar. Uh, mutant kind will finally meet its mystical destiny, impacting the entire X-Men franchise and setting the stage for the future of mutant kind. X of Swords will be a modern X-Men epic that both long-time and new X-Men fans can't miss. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it seems that uh, it seems that that Tini Howard, who has been uh, who's been the writer on Excalibur, is very much something to do with. You know, is very much sort of shepherding this or co-writing this uh, this event. So I expect it to have a bit of a a mystical side to it. Um, I'm not sure yet how many parts this is because there seems to have been some. I don't know if it's been cut down post COVID or rewritten or, or or whatever. So I couldn't tell you how many parts it is. There's been some some places have been saying 18, some places have been saying 22. It's going to be running from September through November. Um, we've got some issues of X Factor in there, some issues of Wolverine, X Force, Marauders, X Men. Uh, Excalibur, of course, and uh, and Hellions. So, so plenty going on. But it's uh, again, it's it's under uh, it's under Jonathan Hickman's um, auspices. So I'm uh, I'm happy enough. So uh, looking forward to getting into this. I think it probably should have started by now, like Empire, but uh, but delayed because of uh, because of coronavirus. Uh, so looking forward to to getting into this. Uh, X of Swords, creation number one. Yeah, I think it was meant to have launched by now. There was going to be an X-Men free comic book day issue that I believe was going to act as the prelude to this. Mm. Uh, Marvel have two big ones with free comic book day this year, which was X-Men and there was a Spider-Man Venom one. And free comic book day, just for anybody who doesn't know at the moment, uh, it's been retooled slightly and it's going to almost be a free comic book day summer event. And there's going to be uh, free titles on a weekly basis for sort of a six to seven week period. So we are going to be getting the X-Men one at some point and the Spider-Man one at some point. So we'll, we'll certainly keep you informed through the social media stuff. But I think that's going to lay the groundwork for uh, X of Swords or Ten of Swords. I think in this situation, we have to blame uh, Hickman because it was Powers of Ten <laughs> and it was House of X. So it could be either. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that free comic book day issue. As I say, we'll keep an eye on, um, let everybody know when that's coming. And then that's going to be X of Swords creation. So we're going to finish off then with all of our uh, main recommendations for the month. Uh, this is probably the most stereotypical three choices that you would expect off the three of us based on the previews books. Uh, Shock Horror Mine is Detective Comics 1027. Uh, DC, as usual, not missing a trick to do a oversized issue. They only recently did it with Detective Comics 1000. But the reason this one is going to be a big one is because this marks a thousand issues of Batman in Detective Comics. So this is, once again, this is going to be even bigger than all the other celebratory issues. It's 144 pages. 
that is essentially graphic novel size uh it is going to be cardstock uh cover it's gonna have a multitude of variant covers uh which is gonna test my bank account but mm. The artists involved in that run from Lieber Mayo to J. Scott Campbell to Art Germ to Jim Lee to Olivier Coupel to Gabrielle Delotto to Mark Silvestri. But the sheer wealth of talent on hand for this is actually staggering. Uh, so the little blurb for it is, like the bat signal because Detective Comics 1027 is here. In honor of Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics 27, this special book-sized celebration brings you the biggest names in comics as they chronicle the most epic Batman adventures Gotham City and the DC Universe have ever seen. The world's greatest detective has a mountain of cases to crack. Who murdered Gotham's most corrupt police officer? What does the Joker's annual visit mean for Bruce Wayne? And most importantly, what Wayne tech mystery will sow the seeds of the next epic Batman event? Plus, from the fires of the Joker War comes the spark of a future Gotham City epic. All of this and more awaits you within the pages of the biggest Batman issue of them all. Now, to give you a little bit of an insight into the talent involved here, uh, writing, we've got Bram Michael Bendis, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, Tom Keane, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, Scott Schneider, Peter J. Tomasi, James Tinian IV, Marv Wolfman, and others. And art, we've got Chris Burnham, Emanuela Lupicino, David Marquez, Dan Mora, Ivan Rice, Eduardo Risso, John Romita Jr., Riley Rosmo, Bill Sinkovitz, Walter Simonson, Brad Walker, Andy Kubert, and yes, are you ready for it? Drawing in Detective Comics 1027, Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> so, Didn't uh, know where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious because I see Matt Fraction is writing a story. And I'm kind of wondering if the guys who do sex criminals are going to write a short story in Detective 1027. I wonder if it'll be Fraction and Zdarsky together. Might just have to reach out and see if we can get another wee scoop on that. Uh, but yeah, uh, really looking forward to that. I'm a sucker for these big sort of prestige format, uh, you know, oversized anthology editions. The wealth of talent involved there is actually remarkable. Yeah, uh, it's actually a really nice idea to actually celebrate something that's not just oh hey we made it to like issue whatever you know it's nice to celebrate a moment instead of like just reaching a number i think that's really cool something that should be maybe applauded a wee bit more yeah no as i say i'll, I'll definitely be all over this and unfortunately probably every variant <clears throat> anyway it, definitely <laughs> anyway uh so yes yeah, so that's my main recommendation for this month uh, it's an oversized book. It is going to have that $10 price point. Uh, but, you know, any of the 100-page specials have been that same price. And this one is one and a half times that size. So I think this is going to be great. So that's my recommendation for the month, which is Detective Comics 1027. Uh, how about yourself, Roddy? What is the title that sticks out the most for you this month? All right. So I'm going... This is one I recommended before, actually. But circumstances you know, dictate that we have to mention stuff again. Uh, however, I'm going for Scout Comics. And this one's another graphic novel, and it's called The Forever Maps. So the thing I love about indie comics is you can, you can it's like you flipping through that book is almost like if you see a movie on TV one night at like 1 1 a.m in the morning and it like it just blows you away completely um looking through the previous book and you see something that you know like you don't know the creators 
you don't know any history you're not really familiar with you know scout comics all that much but the story just sounds so good that you kind of have to have it um so this one i think it's one of the best blurbs i've ever heard to be honest so i'll read it to you and then you can see what you think in in 1794 a man is given a map when he follows it he finds an identical map with a new destination this leads him to another map and another on and on for decades never aging or getting hungry it's not until a century later that he realizes when he stops following the maps that time catches up Torn between family and immortality, he must continually choose between living forever and having a life worth living. Uh, so it's written by Michael Legais, and the artist is Todor Christoph. Um, this is published by Scout Comics from the Binge imprint, where they release a number one first and then a graphic novel later. It's also, I think the graphic novels are, it's like a $13 price point, so they're kind of, would those be cheaper than normal, Alan? Yeah, I mean, a lot of graphics tend to launch at sort of a $15 price point there, thereabouts, so, <coughs> pardon me, definitely a, a couple cheaper there. Did a, yeah. did a first issue ever come out for this, the way it well, did? Well, I was... I was looking at it, and you can you can buy it on scoutcomics.com, but I don't think it ever came out in yeah in print form you know, the in way stores. yeah yeah the way Metal Shark Bro did for example because again it was it was March solicitations as far as I'm aware because I mentioned I can't remember uh, what would that be in January did I mention it yeah start of the year it was def- I think it was definitely one of my picks. But um, yeah, like you can go to uh, theforevermaps.com and I think there's like a 12-page preview to look at. The the guy's art looks absolutely phenomenal, like quite different as well. Um, just looks really, really cool. And I love, I just love creators coming out of nowhere that tell really interesting stories. So it's definitely one I'm looking forward to. And uh, I really like what Scout are doing. Loads of... And especially in this sort of time, it's good to support those kind of comic book companies, you know, that maybe smaller imprints. Yeah, that that maybe don't quite know where what tomorrow is going to bring, sort of thing, you know. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds really interesting. That'll be going on my pull list actually, uh, which is yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. You said you, you said immortal. You said you know. So that's me. <laughs> I'm there. Well, basically, all Keith heard you say there was immortal. Yep, <laughs> done. Uh, cool. So that's forever. Forever maps. No comment. Forever maps. Graphic novel from Scout Comics. That is Roddy's recommendation for this month. And how about yourself, Keith? Finish us off uh, with your top title for this month. Well, my pick of the month, I think, is one that's going to please Roddy. Uh, confuse Alan. Um, so, I mean, Alan always rightfully says, you know, follow creators, um, follow writers. And that's, that's exactly what we're, we're doing here as Iron Man relaunches under the, uh, under the hand of Christopher Cantwell, who, uh, is currently on the Dr. Doom series that Roddy and I have spoken about uh, a number of times. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. And it's funny, actually, uh. Back in June, uh, Christopher Cantwell put up a fantastic tweet where uh, there was a picture. He has a picture of a of a Doctor Doom figurine and a picture of the lovely wraparound Alex Ross cover for this issue. 
and says, please direct all metal-clad scientist inquiries to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so obviously Iron Man at the minute uh, is under Dan Slott's uh, hand. And I have to say, I mean, I, I love Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man. He just seems to be, it took a little bit of time to to find his feet with, with Iron Man, I feel, and, and it's been a wee bit hit and miss. Um, so... Marvel obviously announced uh, Christopher Cantwell as the writer and Cafu, who was the artist on the now digital Jane Foster Valkyrie. So, uh, so the, currently in Iron Man, uh, the, the Iron Man 2020 series, uh, it's it's Tony Stark's brother, Arno Stark, in the armor, uh, as Tony Stark currently believes himself to be uh, uh, an AI in a clone body and is calling himself sort of Mark One, and it it's it's been okay, but again a wee bit all over the place with regard to to quality. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this to this relaunch, um, and I'm really looking forward to the way they're they're doing it. So it's going to be Tony Stark once again wearing the armor, a new suit designed by Alex Ross, um, and according to Marvel.com, Tony has put in away his high tech toys and high profile image so he can get his hands dirty again. But can he really lay down that Stark sized ego? Uh, life isn't always that simple. Something that old friends and frustrating foes are quick to point out. If you strip a billionaire down to his bolts, does he run solid or just overheat? So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just really looking forward to the the, the wraparound cover by Alex Ross, uh, Cafe and Art, uh, Christopher Cantwell on the on the writers. And Cantwell says he's he's over the moon about getting a shot at writing the Golden Avenger since since Bob Layton's art in the 1980s captured my my my, my imagination as a kid. I've been fascinated by Iron Man and uh, in this new story run, I'm aiming to explore the question: Who should Iron Man be today? An angel, a god, or just a humble man? Cantwell said, Tony's going to try and strip the idea of Iron Man all the way down to its metal core, something that will constantly be at odds with his giant ego. We'll see if he can truly keep his arrogant self-image in check, even as others with God complexes set their sights on the entire universe. So I I, I think that that's a lovely conceit for a story. Um, really looking forward to this. Really, really great to see Cafu getting a, a like a slightly higher profile gig, Greg, than he had on, on, on Valkyrie Jane Foster. Yeah, have, have we talked about him before? Did he do something else as well as Jane Foster? Yes. Because I, uh, I feel we we sort of talked that he was not the Brazilian football player from the 90s. <laughs> because that's who Keith but definitely I, thought it was. I can't remember what he... It was definitely something else other than Jane Foster. Might have been like, was the next man book? I can't, I can't remember, but I really did dig his art. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so yeah, I think this is going to be it's going to be a biggie. Uh, that Alex Ross cover is just is just fantastic as well. So, see, so yeah, I'm all over this one, I think. And uh, you know, I don't know, Alan, were you reading Doctor Doom? Uh, yeah, I read the first issue or two, and then I I sort of dropped off, and I really should have stuck with it. But uh, I'll maybe uh, grab that off one of you guys at, at some point because I enjoyed the first couple issues of it. Mm. I think it was one I of those I... ones that. I think it was one of those ones where I had to sort of give up my copies for a new customer and, you know, that old uh, chestnut. <laughs> it's actually, um, we didn't mention it, but Dr. Doom is actually back in this month's previews too. Yeah, that's right. Issue that's number seven. That, yeah, absolutely. So I'll be interested to see what, what Cantwell can do with can do with Iron Man. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's probably worth pointing out as well that just with this uh, relaunch as well for Iron Man, there is also going to be a Tales of Suspense number 39 facsimile uh, released just the week before that, which is the first ever appearance of Iron Man. So uh, mm. you can get uh, you can get double value Iron Man if you're some sort of masochist. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll maybe I'll give this a go. I mean, I I'll give any you know anything a go from number one. You know my my dislike of the movie Iron Man is well known, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a comic book. So uh, no, I'll definitely give it a go. I don't, I don't think it's it's so much your dislike of the movie Iron Man; it's your dislike of Tony Stark. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting as well. You say that the the Alex Ross cover is beautiful. He's doing three different covers for it. Well, what? no, no. He's doing uh, a wraparound cover, which is a simply stunning image. Yeah. He's doing a premiere variant cover, and he's doing a timeless variant, which looks to be a, his interpretation of the original Iron Man suit. So uh, he's been a busy man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he also designed the the Iron Man suit for this series, uh, so that's uh, that's interesting. I uh, uh, if you're you're listening to the the or watching the Coffee and Heroes uh, YouTube channel, um, the latest episode which was released on Friday evening, wasn't it? Uh... The Sunday, I think, actually, it was what's in the box was Friday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was a what's in the box, wasn't it? And you, you pulled a a, a wooden, uh, an Alex Ross print on wood, uh, of the original the original Avengers meeting. Yeah, uh, you know, from the from the first issue of Avengers where where they face Loki, and uh, I just, I saw it. Uh, I was I was getting ready for bed and I was watching it, and uh, I saw it, and I went that that will be mine. And, uh, and it, to the store first thing on Saturday morning, and it is now mine. It it did not even get as far as the wall to be hung up. It was sitting on the counter when he came in. He walked straight up, said hello, and then went, "Yep, I'll have that." So, uh, yeah, I mean, Alex Ross just again, he's he's one of those guys who just can do no wrong. So, yeah. but no, I will. I'll, I'll genuinely go into this with an open mind. I'll give it a go. Uh, so that is Iron Man number one uh cool so that's uh those are our pickouts from the uh the previous books there is of course tons more stuff beyond that but as i say we just like to try and pare it down a little bit and sort of pick out the creme de la creme certainly in our opinions anyway uh you know there's there's loads of other great stuff in there the previous books as i say are in store at all times so if you ever want to call in have we looked through them they're they're good to go the dc connect one of course you can find for free at dccomics.com but uh no, I have to say it was uh it was a pleasure chatting to you guys again. You actually, yeah, I must yeah. admit, I looked at the previews books and I I get a little bit of excitement every time they come in. But when you start chatting about them and you you start really sort of looking forward to it a lot more. So um, definitely. Uh, what's the what's your cutoff order days for these previews on? So we are recording this on the Monday night. We're gonna do our best to make sure it's out early on the Tuesday, which will be the seventh of July. The cutoff dates are next Friday. Uh, which is the 17th of July. We will always get opportunities to do top-up orders and stuff like that. So just in case you come to the podcast late, don't be afraid to get in touch with us and we'll always do our best to make sure you get any of these books. But just obviously the earlier you can order, the better. It Just as a store, it gives us more of a, a guidance for how many of certain issues we should order and you know that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, so uh, uh, the order itself is due by Friday, the July the 17th. But yeah, get in touch anytime. We'll we'll always take care of you one way or another. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us tonight. I think. 
Uh, so this is the Coffee and Heroes podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. Same again, just Coffee and Heroes channel. Uh, find us in the store down Smithfield Market. All the usual social stuff, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us all. Um, we are building up to episode 100, which is quite the landmark, just as we're talking about all these landmarks in the previews book. Uh, and uh, we have, we've, we've been working hard behind the scenes uh, to, to bring something a little bit a little bit special that we have uh, yeah absolutely some some changes so uh all yeah. will be revealed cannot wait we may, <laughs> are, are you saying we should do like tiny samples of what we were doing bit by bit in the next five episodes the nah. road to 100 um uh, Next podcast then will be Roddy's starting points for Yes, that'll be me. You know, interestingly okay. enough, Roddy, it's uh it's it's weird how these things work out. Sometimes we had a, a guy in the store the other day was chatting to Vicky and he was asking about Aliens comics and he's a big fan of the movies and he's genuinely looking for starting points and I just was like, Have we got a podcast for you? Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. so awesome. yeah. So you, you've pulled it out at just the right time. So, uh, yeah. yep, we'll have that. And then, of course, we'll have our big Massive Reviews Blowout podcast. Obviously, we, we haven't been able to record as, as much as we've wanted to in the last little while. And the titles have maybe built up a little bit. So what we'll do is uh, look at some of our favorites from the last sort of six to eight weeks and then get back on to our regular content uh, with our weekly stuff. Uh, but, yeah, we'll ha- that one might be a, a slightly longer one, just to pre-warn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, please give my my first solo effort a, a little listen the uh, the the Spider Man starting points which was uh, previous to this in the lineup. Yeah, please do it. That, that thought that came out really well. I mean, I have to admit it's one of the few podcasts I've actually listened to twice. So you can, you know, I, I promise I'm not just trying to bump your numbers up. I actually quite enjoyed it. So um, I'm sitting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alan. No, I was I was just gonna say I'm uh, sitting here negotiating with a fellow collector, and he has a little run of Ultimate Spider-Man. And you know, after listening to that podcast, I'm sort of like, let's do a little deal here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I was gonna uh, say I loved I loved Keith's, and I love I loved your Batman one as well. But something about Keith, he's he's whispering Keith Miller like, isn't he? It's those dulcet <laughs> it's those dulcet tones. Yeah, you could just you could just listen to him all night. Yeah, that's very nice of you to say. When, when is the radio show coming? <laughs> I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't give him ideas, Roddy. He's ours for now. Don't give him ideas. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to getting back to a regular schedule. Obviously, I mean we've we we hopped off it a wee bit because the releases have been all over the place, and and I guess with us being separate, it's a wee bit more of a of a hassle, sort of getting different uh, different stems recorded and over to Alan to edit and. You know there can sometimes be quality concerns over the over the the, the digital medium, but uh, but yeah, looking forward looking forward to getting back to a regular a regular schedule, a regular way of doing things for sure. It's great, great to have the store back as well. I must say, mm, yeah, for sure. that's it. I mean, we've 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 had a nice return from it. You know, we've we've tried to implement as many practices as possible to keep people safe and relaxed and and so forth. And but I I I kind of like it that you know that our community is strong and the amount of people who are happy just to see the store open again, just because it brings a little bit of sort of normality back and a, and a, and a joy to be honest. And that's what we've always tried it. So, um, there is one, our first customer, I, I put a little picture actually up through the social media channels, but 
It was a, a young lad called Oliver. And when he first started coming to the store, he was in a pram. And now he's a, a proper dude with an attitude. But uh, <laughs> apparently he was actually asking for two weeks up to when we opened. When are they opening again? When are they opening again? And and that That's was class. that was great to see. So, uh, yeah, he left with a Spider-Man book as well. You'll be happy to know, Keith. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Job done. Perfect. So, right, that's going to do us for now. Uh, as again, a pleasure recording with you fine gentlemen again. I'll, Absolutely, gents. I'll look forward yeah, to seeing you in the flesh later stuff. in the week, and I'll look forward to that Aliens uh, Starting Points podcast, Roddy. Good. Oh, yeah. What, what what shall we say? Drop it sometime over the weekend? I'd say so. We'll we'll have this one yeah. out on the Tuesday, and you know, maybe Friday or Saturday we'll, we'll drop that. Get, give you guys some Roddy goodness for the weekend. <laughs> Perfect. That's going to do it, guys. Brilliant. Cheers. Good night. Bye. Cool. Take it easy. Where was the keep on winging it, McCants? <laughs>